0: Welcome to the Becoming Whole podcast. I am your host, Karima Eames, a holistic therapist, author, and passionate seeker of truth. For the past 34 years, I've been working with people on inner transformation. I've taken my learnings and written a new book, Becoming Whole The Art of Inner Transformation. This book is packed with tried and tested tools and stories. And now in this podcast, We'll explore real-life client examples and how they have applied these tools to transform their lives. Come and join me if you would like to learn how to transform your life too. My guest today is Lisa. She is a professional coach and facilitator in her mid-40s. She specializes in working with leaders and teams, developing emotional intelligence, improved communication skills. And psychological safety in the workplace. She is also a coach trainer and mentor. Lisa loves quality time with family and friends, keeping fit and well, spending time outdoors and her creative pursuits include dance, music and writing. She has been committed to personal development since 1998. I met Lisa late 2002 as a client. About 2008, we made a conscious decision to end this therapeutic relationship and give our friendship a go. She has now been my best friend for over a decade. Hi, Lisa. I am very excited to have you on my podcast and look forward to what will happen today with our conversation.
1: Hi, Karima. I'm so excited to be here. And um, yeah, thanks for that amazing introduction. It's true. <laughs> it's all true. Yes, we gave our friendship a go and here we are, besties, yes. like all, besties. The, all the time later.
0: Right. Yeah. How grateful yeah. am I for our friendship? Me too, sweetie. Me too. I know. Mm. So, are you ready for our questions that we agree Yes. Okay.
1: So, what brought you to the inner work? Uh, look, I think for me it was ongoing suffering. I had been. Dealing with a lot of health challenges from my late teens, right up until my mid-twenties. And I'd um, gone on this journey with the medical profession around trying to figure out what was going on. And um, by the time I was in my mid-twenties, I tried all sorts of treatment and nothing was really working and there was no answers. So I had to really uh, go down a different road to start figuring out what was wrong and and try and heal it and fix it myself because I knew if I had kept going down that road I think my health would have been really down the toilet so um that was part of it there was ongoing health issues and then I moved to Australia that was um in my mid-20s and I was a hot mess emotionally, energetically. So it was off the back of the health stuff. But then I realized I had, you know, just ongoing challenges with, I would say, um, you know, really extreme critical mindset that was causing me to be quite miserable. And um, yeah, so I think those, all those themes came together in a very strong way to inspire me to get serious about looking in and trying to figure out what was going on and if I could heal the challenges I was facing. Yeah. And you've done the work since 1998.
0: So you have a lot of experience and um, can you share some of the important moments of doing your inner work that are standing out for you when you're looking back now?
1: Yeah. So... Look for me coming to the work was was actually a real gift, and I look back at all that suffering, and think that was actually a blessing in disguise because that gave me such motivation to commit to the work when I got on the path. And then you know the the amazing experience about doing all the inner work and healing so many aspects of things that were what I consider to be broken, where that I. I gained all these tools and things that worked really well for me. And then I was able to start working with others as a coach and a facilitator and as someone who helps others heal. So, you know, it's it's been incredibly purposeful. I think Joseph Campbell is the the mythology teacher and, and writer, and he speaks of the hero's journey And most of the people I know in my life now are people who are therapists and coaches and healers. And most of my friends, I would say, and they've all been on their own hero's journey. So that's been one of the the beautiful aspects that's come out of this. And I would say some of the key moments on the journey, I, I think certainly meeting you as a therapist, that was absolutely pivotal in you know i felt like i was i was flailing on my own to a certain extent and i look i had some friends who were great support and and helping me do what i needed to do to to get better but i think when i started working with you and found someone who got my sensitivity that was so healing for me. It was like, I, I used to think being a sensitive, being an empath, like, you know, we talk about this, I'm a very sensitive person. It's it's commonly known as, as a highly sensitive person, a HSP. And growing up in Ireland with a standard Irish background, you know, I had, a, there was so much good stuff in my childhood and so many challenging aspects, especially for someone like me with that level of sensitivity that I used to think it was an absolute curse being a sensitive person. I had had a disdain for my vulnerability. I had um, this concept and this mindset that I was, you know, just a way like really useless. I had a very low self-worth connected to that because I was a sensitive and I was not coping. You know, I could see a lot of people in my environment who grew up with similar or, or even a lot worse childhoods and conditioning we're soldiering on and able to get on with things. And I just wasn't. I just kept falling and I was like emotionally wrecked. And I was going, why can't I just do it? Get up and get on with things. So so meeting you, that was amazing. And and actually going through sessions where healing was happening in the sessions. We I would come to you feeling miserable and drowning in my stuff. And we would have a session where I'd have a big emotional release, or a big insight, and I would come out shining on the other side of it. So I found your work to be so profound. It had such a major influence on me. I think after a few sessions, I was going, how are you doing this? And what do I have to do to learn how to do this? I want to do this work with people. It is so incredible. And I got a list from you of every course that might help me develop my skills. And uh, I did everything. I've done everything you've recommended. I've done all your training since. And um, yeah, it's been a real uh, lifestyle. I've met uh, a tribe of people who have been on the path with me as well. So it's it's almost like soul sisters and brothers I've met through this journey. And I'm ever so grateful for it. I look back and go, where would I be if it wasn't for this work and this group of people? I I really don't know. I, I really think I'd be Uh, you know, some kind of addict or maybe not even alive. So I'm very grateful to this work and for, for meeting you. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I think what you're describing there is very common that we come from suffering, some suffering, emotional, physical, mental suffering, which then makes us look for there must be something else, there must be a solution, and the suffering is often the drive behind this work, this what we call the waking up. And I don't know if without that, we would even have done it, because if you're what I sometimes call happily unaware, you know, you're just fine. You might not look for this incredible treasure that we can find inside. And when we had suffering, and then you discover the the transformation and these amazing states inside. It stands out more, so thanks for sharing that.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's really helpful to look back and say, "Gosh, you know, you can get kind of drowned in in this um, victim mentality. Why me? Why has it been so hard for me?" But then, when you reap the rewards and the riches from that hero's journey, it makes complete sense, and you look back and go, "I wouldn't have it any other way now." And I just want to add a little piece
0: with the, what you mentioned with HSP, highly sensitive person, because that is only in the last, I think 10 years more understood. There's a lot of research done now and it's proven now it's genetic. And all of us HSPs, I'm one too, obviously. We have suffered because we were judged. The sensitivity wasn't understood. And so the research on HSPs, I find incredibly valuable. And I actually might add a link in this podcast episode to a website that explains this a little more. Because mm. I, I, I can see when clients come and I see that they're HSPs and I share with them what I understand about HSPness, the relief, the light bulb is like, oh, my God, nothing wrong with me. I'm born this way. So it's a okay. really important piece to understand. Great. And HSPs connect well with other HSPs, as
1: we know. <laughs> Absolutely. It's kindred spirits almost. Yes, wow, exactly. another one
0: like me. Fantastic. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
1: so um, do you want to talk a bit about challenges you've overcome? Yeah, look, I, I think it's just worth commenting on as well as the health stuff. I've had challenges in pretty much every area of my life. You know, faced challenges with relationships not working out, and you know, not really feeling I could have a a deep, intimate relationship with a partner that was really supportive. And so, you know, that's been beautiful to overcome, especially in the last few years, Um, and and certainly. Being entirely miserable at work, I've had quite a few different roles and jobs where it wasn't meaningful enough for me. And that's actually really important for me to do meaningful work where, that I'm passionate about, that I can pour my heart and soul into. And so, you know, I've really committed to doing that. I have been doing that now for, for well over a decade. And that's um, brought me incredible joy. Uh, but I really had to do the work to, to get there and figure that out. Yeah. Um, so so yeah i would say challenges in in pretty much every area which of course makes me a great coach because anyone can come onto a session with me and whatever problem they're facing i can have a, a direct empathy for not yeah. not not always you know i don't always experience everything my clients uh, go through but um it has made me a very empathetic person and a very non-judgmental person because logically it made no sense to me with my Intelligence and um, talent and skill, and all that it made no sense that I couldn't get on top of a certain aspect. So it's have made me very non judgmental and very um, loving with my clients, very supportive because that's what I found with you. You know, you've loved me unconditionally, whether I am shining and winning at life or whether I'm failing and cannot get up off my knees. And that has been the most healing a thing I've ever experienced in my life to have that kind of unconditional love and support. It's been incredible. So I love offering that to, to people in my life too. Exactly. And we offer that to each
0: other in our friendship. Yeah. 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 You started mentioning some key learnings. Is there anything else you want to add before we go into the questions related to
1: the book? Yeah, I do. I think the key learnings are, are pivotal because, you know, I think I started on this journey thinking and, and I certainly read it in some personal development books that you know you can heal things and you just get over them and then they're, they're done, they're fixed for life. I, I started out really with that concept that I was going to get on top of everything and I'd never have problems and that it was delusional. you know I look back now and I see it sometimes with other um, teachers, personal development teachers, spiritual teachers. I think there's a lot of um, immature spirituality and immature psychology out there and and toxic positivity all that stuff that does not work for me does not work for a lot of people that i work with. So what i love about the learnings the key learnings that i've um, worked out through you know many different ways but some of them have been there will be peaks and valleys as long as we live. So we will go through life will throw things at us and sometimes it will pull the rug out from under us no matter how much work we've done on ourselves. And so you know to to find a way to be present through the valleys and the very challenging times and to have a support network is, is hugely important. And then to ride the waves of the peak when when the, the joyous and, and winning moments come in our lives, you know, and to, to then not um cling too much to them because we do want to cling to the to the peaks when they're here. So that's yes,
0: jump in, sweetie, what do you want to say? Yeah, so that is very important because I think. All of us start with a misunderstanding. I did, and I see it again and again in others, you know, that we try to get to a goal, a perfect state, a peaceful, happy state, or constant e- equilibrium, and that is not how it works. It's becoming more real, more present with what is there, and peaks and valleys are part of life, and that's for me one of the very, very core understandings. So thanks for sharing that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And there were another couple, um, big ones. I'm not my mind. That was a big one. I think I used to believe every thought and every, every judgment and every uh, criticism that was coming in. That's why I was so unhappy and I used to suffer so much. And I think, you know, I was at some retreats or, or, um, choruses and I, I do remember moments of that really cl- clicking in. Wow, th- this mind is a mechanism. It will continue to do its thing. It will probably continue to judge. Learn to work with that somewhat, but it can still do that, do its thing. And I am not that. You know, I'm I'm w- way more or beyond that. You know, even though it sometimes su- still sucks me in. Um, so that's another one. And the other one I wanted to mention was, yes, I'm a HSP. And it's been an important aspect of my life still is, I still have to navigate that and manage it very well. But I'm also incredibly strong. So I can be strong and sensitive, and they can live in parallel. And the same with most experiences, you know, life can be quite paradoxical, because I can be going through a very tough time with, you know, and I've had that the last few years, you know, very unwell family members and terminally ill and really in the quagmire of, of, of very challenging stuff. And there can still be incredible moments of joy and humor. And, you know, so I don't. you don't have to get kind of sucked in to any one way of thinking. So I, I really have to monitor that one because that can be a tendency of my mind. That's beautiful. And what you,
0: <laughs> I heard the other day, someone said, sensitive is the new strong. So I think mm-hmm. we sign up for that. You know, you can be very sensitive and sometimes very fragile and vulnerable and also really strong. Mm, yeah. Beautiful. So you've already started mentioning a bit of the role of the mind in inner transformation on the understanding. Is there anything else you want to talk about in relationship to the mind?
1: Yes. You know, I think This question, and looking back, I go, wow, my my mind, has it become a friend is is a question I've heard you ask on this podcast a few times. I would say, I have to say that, gosh, I've I've come a long way. You know, like it's been hugely transformational getting on top of a very destructive thinking pattern. And, you know, I've really done a lot of work to study the inner critic, also known as the inner judge, also known as the superego, and I would have to say I've I've become a, a bit of an expert on it because I've had to. Mine has been so damaging and, and destructive. And um, yeah, so I would say that has been a very important aspect. And, you know, what's really interesting, I recognize I consider myself to be a really good friend. Like I am an ally. I've got your back. And I will protect you fiercely. And I'm like that with my dear friends and family members. And I can (laughs) confirm that. (laughs) I am fierce when it comes to protecting and being an ally for my friends. And I have noticed I've become so much better at doing that for myself over the years. I can really say now I'm an ally for myself. Mm. I'm a good friend to myself. And that's all been overcoming the the mind and, and how it was, it just wasn't working well for me. It wasn't in my corner. Oh, I love um, that. Yeah. And, and sometimes like I've really, I, st- I stand up for myself sometimes and I've done it like in front of really strong men and men who are alpha males and, um, you know, leaders and, you know, my bosses sometimes. And sometimes I've gone head to head with them, defending myself oh. and, and standing up for myself and going, this is wrong. I'm not okay with this. Yeah. And and I I'm fierce, like I, I recognize that, and I love that about myself. And I, and it's very lonely sometimes because sometimes people do not agree, <laughs> and and I have to watch it because I used to have such a big attitude chip on my shoulder, kind of I think victim uh, way of thinking and being. I don't I don't think I have that so much anymore. So whenever I feel like something is not right and I need to protect myself and stand up here, I do. And um, yeah, I really love that now that I do that. And I've been
0: witness to that. It's true. You're doing that. Mm, Yeah. Wonderful. Now, what is why is connecting with the physical body important in this work?
1: Oh, gosh, what a great teacher the physical body is. And I, I think for me, you know, it's been talking to me for a very long time. And again, going back to all those years where I felt like my health was such a, such a hard thing for me to, to work with because I had all this energy to do things, but then my health would let me down. And um, I used to think that was not supporting me. But now I realize my health is constantly supporting me. It's constantly giving me messages, letting me know where I'm on track, off track and um, where i'm tolerating intolerable situations and circumstances so it's been a great teacher for me i've mm. become really good at listening to it and responding to it and 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 um, yeah but get movement i mean i have this body that's very 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 physical i love to move and um, mm. and so i can really recognize that if i'm not taking care of the physical body and eating really well Because of the sensitivities of my digestive system, then it'll talk to me some more. (laughs) Yeah, it does. We both know that. (laughs) Lisa, how do you describe
0: the importance of the heart for transformation?
1: Yeah, look, I think for me, being in the heart is it's just so natural and it is the way I want to live more. It's the way I live authentically. Sometimes I'm Afraid it's too much because I'm, you know, you, I notice when I share my heart or I'm um, effusive in my love and affection for people in my life, sometimes it's not well received. You know, sometimes people who are a little bit protective of their own hearts. So it's always a risk sharing from the heart and being ourselves and exposing our sensitivity and those, those qualities that really are, are from the heart. Uh, but I will say on the flip side, when you meet people who are open and who can receive you, I should speak for me. Um, oh, my God, it's, it's heaven, isn't it? It's blissful. Mm, it is. So I just love meeting people who get me and um, who get my true intentions and my innocence. There is a concept I
0: just want to mention and describe a bit to the listener. When two hearts are really in harmony, like we have that as a foundation, it's called synchronicity. And it's magic. If we are more than ourselves when the hearts connect. It's not just two people. It's just we connect to deeper resources. We connect to wisdom. We connect to insight. So it's the most beautiful experience to meet
1: open heart to open heart. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, part of my journey has been making peace with being a vulnerable person, making peace with my vulnerability. And you've really helped me with that because I was so disconnected. I I really judged being vulnerable. You know, I was brought up to, I was brought up in a way that, with the best of intentions, to be tough. You know, you have to be tough and strong and to survive. You know, it's all to survive. And so there were ways where I just was not okay with being vulnerable. And so I would um, really deny that. So you've helped me to make peace with that and recognize, you know what? I'm vulnerable in moments. Yeah.
0: And I think there's a strong influence through your Irish background, which is obviously people will hear the accent, like my German background. Mm-hmm. And there is, through that, there is a training to be tough. The Irish have it, the German have it. Many countries have that. And so it's not really part of the collective to include vulnerability. You get on with it. You get over it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and sometimes I recognize if I'm too much in my power or asserting myself in a way or acting out, reacting in a way that's, not in my heart. I um sometimes catch that and recognize, wow, I'm just in this kind of fierce and annihilating mode, and that's it's disconnected from my true nature. That's how I feel. Mm-hmm. So there are times where I really come back to myself and go, How do I want to be now? Like I, I really have to come drop back into my heart and say I can either act out and usually that exacerbates whatever interaction or situation I might have with another, or I can come back to my heart and go, I'm going to consider the other person's perspective right now. And I can deeply drop into empathy very easily. It's a really natural uh, state for me, uh, empathy and being in the heart. And that helps. It just helps all my relationships, every one of them. What you're mentioning, there's a
0: very important quality of the heart the capacity to step into somebody else's shoes, to not just see it from our perspective, but to go, what are you actually feeling? What is your perspective? And that is the power of the heart to allow us to do that.
1: And it's another great learning I've had along the way. You know, people hurt others because they are hurting themselves and projection I I wish projection was taught at schools you know we all project so much and humans project so much and so many people are completely blind to it they don't see they do it and so being an evolved soul uh, sometimes it's really annoying because I have to recognize when they're projecting on me and it feels really uncomfortable and I hate it but it's completely natural and normal and it's a blind spot for many of us. So to monitor that and not not react to that is very important. Mm, very
0: true. So let's talk a little bit about the art of feeling. What's your understanding of that?
1: Learning to be with what is and whatever arises. And I, I really love this one. I, I feel like, I'm good at it. <laughs> Sometimes I'm not. I still have some challenges with um, being uh, emotional, like tearful. That's that's one of my, mm-hmm. I would say, Achilles heels when it comes to feeling. But I have been working on it over the years. You know, that was kind of trained out of me throughout my, my childhood. It wasn't okay um, in my background to be tearful, to be mm-hmm. sad. You know, grief was... Absolutely shamed and, and not really allowed, which is ironic because anger was totally acceptable. Mm. So you know, I had, I have this now. I think very healthy relationship with anger uh, because it was so permitted, and and I've done a lot of work on it. Um, so I really enjoy my uh, relationship with anger, and have very, I'm very comfortable with allowing it, letting it burn up through me like a fire, not acting on it, not acting it out. It being there as a resource if I need it. And my God, what a powerful resource. So that's, that's a beautiful aspect of the art of feeling because I think this, the challenge we face and many of us face is that certain feelings are okay. And many of us um, learn that certain feelings are negative and not okay. And we know that's not true. We know that all feelings are gateways to another experience on the other side and pro- a doorway to our true nature. Exactly. So true. And it's quite unique for me that you actually grew up with
0: more permission as a woman to be angry. You know, many women don't have that. So you were quite lucky there. And I love your fiery, feisty side. I I know.
1: I I really look back and go, that was such a blessing. Didn't feel it at the time. Um, (laughs) But but it actually was incredibly um, uh, lucky. So I have no fear when I express something very powerfully and yeah. um you know even to raise my voice at times I don't like to go there I don't I don't ever or rarely do I need to go there but I know that's an incredible resource mm-hmm. and it's supportive to me and and my people my friends and that kind of thing um I will mention as well the art of feeling to allow the entire spectrum is something I think a lot of people are terrified of yeah. and um because they don't know that they can do it in ways that are healthy. Um, They don't know that they can do therapeutic processes and have tools and skills that allow you to work through emotions or or anger or tears or all of that without dumping it all over others.
0: And that's why I call it the art of feeling. It is an art. And once learned, it applies to every emotion and then we lose fear of any emotion we could ever feel. And I wish this is one of those things I wish would be taught in school. I always imagine these tools being brought to kids in class one already. And then we grow up understanding this and not forgetting it and then relearning it and doing therapy. So, yeah, it's, it's
1: very simple once understood. It is an art and it works. It is. It is. And... Look, I think if if more people were doing this more often, we would have so much less suffering. Oh, I think yeah. part of the, the major problem with humanity is the repression of emotion. Yeah, I you agree. Know, to, to think that anger is bad, hatred is bad, you know, grief is bad—all these things that we we learn, even subconsciously, it's not often said. Um, but for many people, all that stuff that gets bottled up and is repressed is leading to all sorts of misery and so yeah I agree with you I wish all this stuff was taught at schools I wish people were okay there wasn't so much of a negative association with therapy and group therapy I actually feel incredibly lucky that I've got to all of that and that has helped me heal tremendously yeah go ahead and that is one of the reasons why I'm doing this
0: podcast I want to change in people's understanding, the relationship to rela- to therapy, mm. that it is, it's much more than just working with difficulties. It's also connecting with the beauty we have, and it is foundational and essential. Like these are things that everybody I wish would understand and learn because we just become more
1: healthy. Mm. Yeah, and I think I've heard it uh, spoken about on this podcast a little bit, like the. M- it can be very scary to go there mm-hmm. and to experience strong emotion. But um, what I find on the other side is such lightness of being. Yes. Uh, you know, uh, re- keeping those things bottled in for all the years, I don't think we realize, and I've heard you say this, how energetically draining that can be. Mm. So once we get to release it and and let it out in a safe environment, uh, the lightness on the other side of that and access to, to martial nature is there and it's a beautiful experience. So it makes it worth worth the, the going there, which is uncomfortable. Totally,
0: absolutely. Great. Let's talk a little bit about deficiency
1: or inner holes. What is yes. your experience there? Well, again, I think that's something you and I have have done really well and we do really well. Uh, you know, to feel a hole, like I'll give you an example. Recently, I had an experience of dropping into uh, what felt like a hole because I'm one of these, you know, almost 40,000 Australians. Obviously, I'm Irish Australian, but I'm one of those who have been, uh, my flights were cancelled and I'm not able to get back to Australia. And there were a few weeks there where I didn't know when the rules were changing. And I thought I'm Kind of stuck out of Australia. I'm, I'm, look, I'm comfortable, and I'm, I'm here in Ireland with family and friends. But the uncertainty around knowing when I could get back to Australia, uh it had been going on for eighteen months, and I was thinking, oh my god, I really want to get back. My man, my partner is there. My life is there. My work is there, and I, I need to get back. But the not knowing piece was so. <laughs> like it was it just triggered something in me of feeling so stuck and not knowing and uh, you know I, I definitely had a few days where I was in this black mood of de- it felt like depression it felt like I'm stuck I can't move forward so it felt like a hole mm-hmm. felt like a whole de- deficiency that got triggered from that experience yeah and how has it shifted now So what I want to talk about, what you and I do, which I love, is, um, you know, I'll reach out or you'll reach out to me if you're experiencing it. And we use the analogy of being a pig in mud. And, um, you know, a lot of people would try and, you know, rush past that exercise or, you know, drink or do something to Mm. not feel that feeling of of. That black stuff there—that's you know—feels very uncomfortable yeah. to be with and to to go through. And so, what I love is I can ring you, and I'm I'm sure I rang you one of the days and was like, "Oh, sweetie, I'm I'm really in it now." And you were gone, and I said, "Yeah, I'm definitely a pig in the mud right now." And what we recognize is once we are together, and you can go, "Yeah, I get it, totally understand." There's some empathy and a friend who can be with me in that mud what happens is the mud starts transforming or becoming less thick, becomes more watery. And over time, and sometimes between you and I, it can be a 10-minute phone call or a 15, 20-minute phone call, and we end up giggling and laughing within 10 to 15 minutes. So I think that's a great way of navigating that.
0: And that is such a sign of a good friendship that states of suffering or when you're down or in a valley, transform very quickly because the other person has all these great qualities, love, spaciousness, acceptance, understanding, and then it transforms, which is the same what we do in sessions. Those qualities allow the transformation. Beautiful. So let's talk a little bit about inner guidance. Just a few words on what that is to you.
1: Yeah, look, I think being true to myself is being in touch with, there's three intelligence centers. I think, you know, a lot of people just think the brain is where all the intelligence is stored, but actually neuroscience is catching up now and they're recognizing, you know, there are incredible centers of intelligence as well as the head, but including, like, so as well as the brain and the mind, it's including the heart and the gut, the belly. So we have three centers of intelligence and I I recognize whenever I have a yes to something, I want to do something and I can really feel a big yes internally to something. I can usually feel it like all of these centers are open Mm. and ready to move forward. And when I'm feeling uncertain or energetically not aligned with moving forward, and even if it's an opportunity that's being presented to me to drop in to my body and my centers uh, and to really feel do I have a yes or a no to this and to then follow through on that and be really aware of what that guidance is and that that usually does not lead me astray nowadays so I'm very uh, attuned to that and that supports um being able to receive the guidance and and hear the guidance because it's so subtle sometimes yeah in this, in this very noisy world we live in beautifully put thank you now um
0: Can you give just maybe one or two examples of how you experience true nature, the state of being whole? What is that like for you? Maybe your favorites,
1: because I know you know many states. Yes, it's true. I know many beautiful aspects of my true nature. I would say, you know, when I work with clients, uh, that's where I really experience my true nature very easily. So I'm completely dropped in and very centered, and I'm in my heart. I am listening deeply and just in in a, almost in a blissful state, listening to my clients, whatever they're going through, whether it's tough stuff or whether it's great celebratory stuff, whatever it is um I can feel totally connected with them, with myself, really in my body, in my being in my center so i can be touched emotionally i it can be something that just has tears in my eyes because i have empathy or joy and um yeah that's that's one aspect of true nature and then also like what i mentioned there having access to strong powerful emotions like even fire sometimes like fire like anger sometimes when i'm angry Um, I can feel it in myself and if I'm just allowing it, like containing it, not dumping it on anybody else, but just aware that it's burning through me. Sometimes I can feel like, wow, this is so much power (laughs) and I can actually enjoy it. No, I can really enjoy it. And I'm like, you know, and it it really uh, feels incredibly alive. So that's another aspect of our true nature to feel so alive, like a child bubbling up with excitement or whatever is there. So I learned a lot from children, my, my nephews and my my niece. I, I watch them and they mm. are just so present and so in whatever they're going through and in their hearts and in their bodies and emotion, you know, they're feeling their, their feelings. So that's where I see true nature mirrored back to me as well. And it yeah. is amazing. It is. And kids it, are such good.
0: great teachers. They really show us what it's like, and we can learn from them. So we're coming to the end of our podcast. And I just wanted to hear, what would you like to, a tool or resource you would like our listeners to take away from
1: today? Yes. Look, I think find what works for each person is is really important. Uh, I have a couple of, Um, my go-to tools that are really important for me. One I would say is phone a friend. And that'd be likely you. Um, But, and I've had that recently, I've had a friend say to me, you're you're really the only person who asks me, you know, how am I really, you know, what's going on in in her internal world? And that touched Mm -hmm. me. I was like, gosh, I'm the only person. So I would say, you know, know this whole um, mental health awareness where they ask, are you okay? Yeah. I think we need to change that question. I think we need to really ask, how are you really? Mm, I love it. And and just be with another and listen and and really hold space. Because you know what you and I are like, we just get a chance to blurt out what's going on and then we move on. Yeah. You know, we're so resilient, we bounce back very quickly when we're faced with adversity or challenges. And I think that's true for many people. So that's one of my tools. The yeah. other one for yeah? That's a beautiful one, yes. What yeah. else? The other one for me is dance. So, uh, you know, whatever um, I'm doing, whatever I'm, if I'm working a lot or sitting at my computer a lot or in my head a lot, I do a lot of work um, with teaching neuroscience and um, training coaches and working with leadership clients and all of that. And so sometimes that can have me very much in my head, especially if I've got a a big day of work. And so I find for me, dance is my go-to that I can just shake off anything that isn't um, supporting me and gets me really back in my body, Mm. gets me back in my my, uh, heart and joy. Gosh, I feel so much joy when I dance. So I've been doing that at home on my own for years. I've been dancing since I'm a child and I'm not a like I'm not a trained dancer. So it's totally freestyle, baby. (laughs) Yeah, but it looks
0: like a trained dancer.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but it's so good. I always feel amazing. Like what what a state change. And uh, I feel really alive uh, from dancing and after I dance. So that's one of my amazing resources that I love beautiful i love both of them so we need to finish for today
0: uh, we could go on for a long time because we have a lot to share but we'll finish for today and i really want to thank you for your enthusiasm
1: and your lifeness and your beauty thank you for coming on the podcast thanks for having me karima it's been great and um yeah i really love your work and it's very proud to see you out in the world and, and doing these podcasts and with your book out in the world. You're amazing. Thank you. Bye. Bye, sweetie. Thank you for listening to
0: the Becoming Whole podcast. My passion is to make this world a better place. And that starts with each one of us feeling and being well. If this podcast has helped you, please subscribe and share it with your friends. Leaving a review also helps others find the podcast. My new book, Becoming Whole, The Art of Inner Transformation, is available on Booktopia and Amazon. For more information, check out my website inneralchemy.com.au or find me on Facebook.